and slow breath out. Welcome everyone to the mindfulness podcast. Um, you know, today is another of the opportunity for us to, um, you know, bring a topic that I think it's um, important uh, about mindfulness and it's very connected to one of the journeys we did uh, during the, the the Welcome to Now Summit that happened still in October this year, right? And we are still talking about the summit because um, there are so many sessions and so many things and so many people that participated that is actually important to you know take the occasion if you weren't there to just watch some of the replays. So today I'm here with Fede as usual. So Fede, thanks for joining. My pleasure as always. And uh, and also with Kathleen and Kathleen is. Um, uh, who created the journey um, that, uh, how did you call it, Thrive on the Frontline? Yeah, Thriving on the Frontline. Mm -hmm. No, and, and the journey was more oriented to explaining the benefits of mindfulness for uh, sales and uh, sales organization, right? In, in IBM, of course, but also in whatever organization. So, uh, Kathleen, thank you for joining, right? Um, My pleasure. And so tell us, uh, I will actually let you too speaking because Fede, you are, uh, you're selling, you know, that's part of what you do and Kathleen, you were organizing. So, um, you know, just take us in this world of, uh, you know, our, uh, selling with mindfulness, right. And how it improves and what's, what's talk about it. Okay, great. Thank you so much too, for having me. Um, actually creating the journey was a bit of a journey itself for me because I'm not a seller. I, but I knew of people who sold, my brother used to sell and people I'm close with do. But I wanted to create a journey with sessions that drew in people from part of the, from IBM who might not think mindfulness even applies to them, um, yet could benefit from it. So it was really focused on the sales force, account teams, executives, um, any truly client facing consultants that uh, we may not have had an opportunity to share mindfulness with. And I actually worked with a colleague of mine, Dick Warwick, who actually is one of my speakers as well. He leads our cloud computing group um, within the Institute for Business Value. And he is very entrenched or used to do a lot of sales work and train. So he gave me the perspective to uh, help come up with thriving. First, we called it thriving in the arena. Uh, it was a bit much, so uh, we renamed it to Thriving on the Frontline. Um, but we wanted to offer edgy sessions. We wanted to, not only in content, but also in title, to attract those who may not recognize mindfulness as something for them. It is, uh, that is something that actually speaks to me a little bit, because I've I'm, I'm, I'm never been a formal seller. But I am a client-facing consultant, and most of my my work has to do, and I realize with time, to essentially help the company sell its products. I might not be the formal seller, but often what we do directly reflects on the seller's ability to sell something. I had uh, salespersons who weren't that involved but because the account was well managed and the relationship with the client was well managed they basically just had to just show up and, and the, the client was yes let's renew right and I, again i had very good sales 
salespeople who went to a very difficult account that whatever they did wasn't enough. So I think that is an absolutely great way to, to invest in, right? To, to, to have the awareness of what makes a sale or not. Right. And we used, we definitely had a few people who were already in the sales area. Dick Warwick was one of them. Another uh, presenter was Marta Hayes. And she's an executive. She's a principal uh, for IBM Global Storage Business uh, Development. And uh, she's been selling for all her life. So we really had a lot of people who, and David Frumpkin was another uh, presenter of mine, who was a senior partner of strategic sales. He just uh, started with IBM about a year ago, but he's brought in when there are those difficult situations and uh, to kind of calm the waters a bit and move, move the conversation forward. And that's not easy to do. So what I was really fortunate to have is some people who had some direct experience with these situations and also had a mindfulness twist to the way they approach things. So it was a wonderful way to share it with people uh, once they were there and to say, hey, we know what your world is like and here's how you can navigate a little bit more easily. So um, we had about eight sessions mm -hmm. altogether with four uh, uh, with presenters from internal IBM a three of which I just mentioned, a three, um, uh, and I'm going to <laughs> watch your last name, I know it, um, Muriel um, uh, but anyhow, she was wonderful. She talked about mindful listening. And um, when I first knew I was gonna be hosting her, her session, I just assumed she was gonna be talking about listening to others. She spent a lot of time about listening to yourself and what you say to yourself and being your authentic self going in. And that was very enlightening. I loved it. She's also one of the founding mindfulness IBM practitioners, as you know, Lele. Mm -hmm. And uh, she has a lot, a lot of experience. So uh, it, it was also entertaining, you know, and that's what the wonderful part. Everyone was entertaining and interesting during these eight sessions. And uh, it, it was a wide variety of topics um, and different styles. I mean, with David, we did more of a Q&A. Mm -hmm. He felt more comfortable in that kind of uh, environment. So, okay, let's talk about, and we came up with a couple of topics and then invited questions for others. Um, but Frederico, I'm curious to see how, like, when you go into a client's uh, and there's some, uh, maybe not the greatest situation going on, I imagine that trickles to you as well. And what do you do about that? Well, uh, there, of course, it it's depends a lot on the situation. I would say that uh, regarding mindfulness, I, I would say that more than mindfulness and awareness uh, part of it, because mindfulness essentially trains your awareness, right? There, I think there are what you say, that if we did listen to oneself and listen to others, mindfully listen, is both equally important. There is um, a part of the conversation that one has to train oneself to listen and has to, in a way, be able to still one's emotion to be actually able to listen what the other person is actually saying. We often come with prepared right lines of defense for the for the um, for the company or prepared lines of persuasion and sometimes 
we are missing the point of the other. But there is the formal part, the auditory part of what's being listened, and also what is happening within ourselves. The registry of emotions that arose, arises in ourselves, which often are the only registry of what the other person is feeling. It's like when someone is very angry and one feels oneself becoming angry, right? So there's, why, why do I, what I am getting angry at? Because probably the other person is angry and all the rest of the situations there. So it, it can't, uh, for me, it's a, it's a twofold approach to listen to the other and to try to match what the other is actually saying to me, to what is happening within me, within my body, within my emotions. And from there, usually if there is a tense situation, I try to diffuse it, right? But I have found that often I need to match a little bit the level of discourse that is being presented there. Because if I go to a client and the client is very tense and is very angry and, you know, you have to listen to me, you have to do this tonight, because, and I go very relaxed, like, hey, don't worry, <laughs> this will be all right. The client will just essentially get madder, right? With all due respect, I need to match that level. And in some ways, after matching that level and getting the report that is needed, I can get I can break through the, the, the emotions and the feelings that the other person is, is having, which are often very much justified. And unless I can break through those, I'm not going to get listened to myself. So I need to match them. I need to get them to see that they and that I understand them, that I'm listening to them and becoming aware of them while also trying to keep this awareness of what is happening to me and trying to manage it. Because often, if you go to someone who's very difficult or who's saying things that are, aren't really like, like, like they think they are, you also will get frustrated. You also will get tired, right? So this, this is the dance that I try to manage. And I often try, as you say, from that, that person that you mentioned, to move the conversation forward to a less fraught area. That's great because, you know, I think you just covered the eight sessions that we, we did yeah. <laughs> topic-wise because one was mindful listening, one mm -hmm. was developing meanful, mean, uh, meaningful connections mm -hmm. with your clients uh, through your stories and sort of relating to them, as you mentioned. The other one was when worlds collide, and that's what uh, David did, you know, because he, he was sort of the, the closer, basically. Um, so dealing with that groundedness. Um, ask your mind what you feel I think was another one was fascinating because what you're doing very naturally, some people actually have to really think about, you know, and look, trying to connect the left and right brain type mm -hmm. of uh, uh, activity that's going on. So that's what that was about. Basketball to Bhagavad Gita was what uh, Dick did. And he kind of brought in some of the ancient um, ideas to modern day, which was really cool. And curiosity to neutralize conflict, as I just mm -hmm. mentioned before, and that's sort of where you were going too—the whole connection with people, and then a breath hacking ultimate interface. So, like, what do you do for yourself? You know, what? How do you calm yourself down when someone's kind of like has that anger? Um, and then emotional intelligence, which seems to be the the whole package really of going into these situations because if you don't have that emotional intelligence it sounds like that something is going to break down somewhere but 
it was it was a fascinating uh, experience for me. I was able I mm -hmm. was able to attend for uh, host for and uh, and then uh, do the replays on the others, and it was it was quite well received too. Nice. Quite well. But can we add so, a question for both of you? Like, can we say at the end of maybe this experience and also your experience, Fede, that if, uh, you know, a sales organization has sellers that are practicing mindfulness, the whole results like more are, are going to be more positive, like more revenues for the company? Could it be a fair statement? I think there's some data out there that actually begins to measure that, uh, mm. maybe not recent data, but I think there are some out there. And I have to believe that based on what um, Federico said, if mm. everyone approaches a situation, different situations like that, I would have to believe that that would just be the outcome of it. Mm. Well, based on my experience, I would say that absolutely it will help, but it need to be something that is systematically being trained, right? Because um, if you rely on, the, for me, the main problem that we have with mindfulness in selling, mm -hmm. it's not that it works or it doesn't work. It's mm -hmm. just that it's uh, the approach to it. It's okay. I just bought you guys uh, a mindfulness workshop. Now go and increment my sales. And a triple, triple, right? Mm -hmm. It does not work like this. It needs to be part of the company's culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you integrate yeah. it in a systematic way uh, and cover all the topics that uh, Katie was saying, which are, I think, great, right? In the in the way that they are articulated, it will certainly impact you better, mm -hmm. and it will allow you also to have more, I would say, a creative way of selling. Because it's going to sound like you're solving all the clients' problems, but just you're just listening to them mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, and reacting to them, which is something that we often forget in sales. We're so focused on the persuasion part mm. that we often forget that the best uh, the best persuasion is to actually solve their problems. Yes. What I learned too, as I was learning more about uh, the sale, the salesperson's life, is that client facing is a small portion of of their experience. It's actually, and what you mentioned about the culture of mindfulness, uh, wholeheartedly agree with that because the good part of the, the majority of the time a salesperson or anyone client facing uh, needs to spend is actually working with teams that they may not only have some influence over they don't really mm -hmm. have any control so they have to influence in order to get to that point of client interaction too so there without that culture you'll never hit the other layers that will help you be more successful once you get out there on the front line yeah and also, you know, that if you would know, or like, that this is a positive result, it's not to monetize mindfulness, that would be the last thing I would be interested in doing, but it's just you really have a concrete objective outcome of the f benefits of mindfulness, right? 
And that would be something valuable because usually you always have your subjective experience. You know, like I practice mindfulness, I feel better, I feel more calm, I enjoy connecting with people, I have all, I sleep in a better way and so on. There are this kind of, but it's usually individualistic, right? So the only way to understand this is to just do a lot of surveys and ask people what they think before and after. But if you have a sales connection, that would be something more concrete that you can really, here we go. It's not only what I'm telling you that maybe you don't believe me, but this is what, what happened. Right? Fascinating. So anyway, uh, so all the sellers that are listening, or if you know any seller, uh, just you know maybe send them a replay to the uh, Welcome to Now. Everybody's going to benefit from it, not only that individual, but the whole corporation perhaps. So do it. It's, uh, there are so eight sessions, so there is a lot of content there to, to learn. Yeah. Anything else we should share about the journey, Katie? Uh, no, I think you've said it all. I would encourage everyone to take a look at the topics, read the descriptions, and see what speaks to you. They're all wonderful, and they'll speak to all different aspects, as Federico has mentioned, about being on the front line. So um, just encourage you to look at some of the replays and, uh, and uh, you know, Nice. Good luck to everyone who's out there. <laughs> Excellent. So before closing, Fede, shall we share uh, maybe a very quick uh, mindful minute practice for the week with our listeners? Sure. sure. Anything Why that not? is in your mind that we can... We can do, we can do a very quick mm -hmm. um, um, breathing practice, if you like, just to get back in your body. After so a so complex week that we have, we can at least get back in the body and enjoy the weekend. So shall we? Okay, sure. So let's first find a good position for us. Let's take a minute to do it. Somewhere where we are relaxed and loose. And we can breathe. Now, feel free to close your eyes or to keep them open. This should be something that it's comfortable for you. And we're going to try to slow down our breathing. First, we're going to inhale very slowly. And now we're going to exhale very slowly. Now we're going to try to inhale just a mite slower. And exhale just a little bit slower. Let's do it one more time. Inhale. And exhale. And while we're doing it, if you feel like it, 
I would like you to become aware on how your skin feels. How do you feel the air on your skin, the clothes on your skin? If you have any locate, any itches that may be happening, any pulsing, any kind of sensation that you feel on the top of your skin. And keep breathing. Become aware of the sounds that arise around you. Of the feeling of being seated and relaxed. And the world of sensations that the body always suffers. Feel them permeating to your awareness. until there's nothing but the sensations, the sounds and the tastes. And keeping this feeling, remembering it for the rest of the day, we can open our eyes. <laughs> get ready for the weekend okay thank you Fede thank you Katie. thank you everyone for listening and uh, to be continued with the next episode of the Mindfulness Podcast thank you very much bye bye